I'm Robert Castanello, an associate professor of history at the University of Central Florida, and I'm hosting this podcast called Every Tongue Got to Confess, a podcast exploring communities of color. This podcast is brought to you by the Association to Preserve the Unville Community, sponsor of the Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities, and the Department of History and Africa and African American Studies at Rollins College. The title of this podcast comes from a collection of folk tales by Zora Neale Hurston, and like Hurston, we are exploring the experiences and stories of communities of color. Welcome to this episode, and please be our guest and subscribe to this podcast. Welcome to this episode of Every Tongue Got to Confess, a podcast exploring communities of color. In today's episode, we want to explore uh, a local community in the way that it might be an ecosystem for a um, neighboring university or, or liberal arts college. And I'm, I'm here today with N.Y. Nathiri and Julian Chambliss. And Julian, let's start with you. And can you tell me a little bit about, I know you're interested in not only um, you know, urban history, urban studies, but community-based research, because I know you go out to you know, where you live and where the community sits, and you want to understand the past within the context of the classroom, and I'm sure your own understanding of where you are in the world. So can you talk to me a little bit about why the community is so important to the liberal arts college? You know, for the Liberal Arts College, we make our our distinguishing mission to try to create a holistic person who uh, is able to think critically and act uh, clearly based on that thinking. So for us, it's important for students to engage with the community because knowledge has its value, but knowledge within the context of a sort of civil discourse and in the context of um, your life as a, a member of community, a citizen of a country, uh, a member of the globe, a sort of global community. These are really important things, like the information that you learn in school has to feed into really important choices you have to make that in fact influence policy it's it's almost too easy now especially in contemporary landscape to say that your vote doesn't count but that in fact not true um, politics and civic engagements does matter the people you support and the policies that you support do matter and the only way that you can make really good decisions is to 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 take the time to study what people are saying to understand the issues and understand how how those issues that might be presented in a way that could be deliberately confusing, that, that there are competing interests, and some of those interests do not have your best interests, you as an individual, you as your community, best interests at heart. Those are real responsibilities uh, that are associated with being a member of a community. Uh, and that's an important important thing for us to sort of like um, model in the classroom, right? Like we, we do want students to think about process, uh, think about consequences, think about the contemporary state of things, and think about their future responsibility in terms of engaging in that, not just simply in um, the sort of idealistic, big L leadership way, but in the little L leadership way where you as a, a, 
a normal citizen will make good decisions will vote uh, will be a member of your own neighborhood and your own community and may engage and support volunteer organizations may donate money to organizations may do a number of things that will have an impact so it's an important discussion to have so if I could if I could follow up on that, uh, Julian, is, is your expectation for the student, is, is the community, I mean, the, the local communities that surround Rollins College that you send students out into to explore, is your expectation that those communities are laboratories for your students, or do you expect your students to become participants in those communities? You know, it is both, and, and, and that, that is the... The, the trick it's a, it's a complicated process because they are become they do become part of the community is they are observers they are researchers they are um, engaged members of the community I've had many students who go return to locations where they were went to because of a project and they continue to be involved with those those organizations and with those communities but at the same time, of course, always in the classroom, we, we, we do, you know, how is this community validating or challenging some of the preconceived notions that you may have had? How is the literature about whatever the issue may be uh, playing itself out here? How is the, the reality of the lived experience different from some of these theoretical models? So on the one, on the one hand, this idea of a community-based research that that is a laboratory. A laboratory, it's a, you know, has a antiseptic, um, detached notion. There is no detachment there. When you go out and you're talking to people, you are engaged. Um, but at the same time, to be mindful of the implications of those engagements, be mindful of the narratives that are presented by the people in the community is very important. And so it's it's a a complicated exercise, and and some and sometimes an exercise. Uh, that bears unexpected benefits and, and unexpected challenges, but it's, a, it's one of the things that really sort of defines our experience here at Rollins. And why, if I could turn to you now, um, you are, um, you know, you, you've worked with a preservation organization, so you've been sort of at the other end of this, where I'm sure students have come to you for some sort of service learning project or internship to be able to get the experience of working with yourself and others in, a, in um, some sort of preservation. Uh, how important is it for an institution like one you work for to have a liberal arts college or a university nearby to draw those kind of resources from? It's very important. Uh, to be able to collaborate with integrity, and that really is the that is the operative phrase uh, when Dr. Chambliss uh, talks about the balance, or that it's a, it's a it is a delicate dance uh, because you want to have a partnership which is mutually beneficial. It's a partnership where the student <clears throat> is prepared academically and is respectful culturally of her or his position. Uh, from the perspective of the preservation organization, you want to have, an, you want to be able to benefit from the intellectual acuity. At the same time, you want to make certain that the advantage is truly that, 
because anytime you are bringing in uh, new ideas, new perspectives, new personnel, there is that whole business of transitioning in, transitioning out, and frankly, you have to make certain that it's worth the effort. Um, we have been, as an organization, over the last almost three decades, we've been very careful about um, these partnerships b because we, we want to be sensitive to the needs of students as a former university librarian, as a former community college instructor. I take working with students very seriously. And so it's a, it's a different responsibility. And sometimes, if you're not careful, uh, you, you will not keep up your end of, of the bargain. At the same time, I am reminded uh, by a, a, a colleague who was actually on faculty at uh, Rollins College, Dr. Deidre Crumbly, an anthropologist who cautioned early on, uh, cautioned early on that um, historic preservation organizations such as ours, the Association to Preserve Leetonville Community, needed to be certain that students who were coming were prepared, were prepared academically, were and were prepared socially and culturally, so that you did not have this sort of Dr. Margaret Mead syndrome, a syndrome or the kind of Buana syndrome, you know, literally the great white hope coming to help out, you know, the poor, despondent, uh, socially, economically challenged community. Um, fortunately, fortunately, both at the small liberal arts, the elite small liberal arts college that is Rollins College, and at the mega university at the University of Central Florida, we have been we've been very fortunate to work with colleagues of integrity, and that that again is the operative phrase of integrity because there, uh, when you when you do some research amongst community-based organizations. Then there are nightmarish stories of faculty members who have done his research or her research and written that book, and no one really knows what has come out of it. So, the town-gown relationship is one that um, is fraught with possibilities and fraught with dangers. Great, you know, and and why you made me you made me think of, of another question here. So, you know, imagine we have a subscriber here who might be a, a faculty member, a student at a college university across the country, and there might be a, a community of color that they'd want to work with in some preservation way. Um, what, would you, what would you give them as advice to say, you know, to, to encourage them to pursue that relationship, pursue that collaboration? To engage in a series of careful conversations careful conversations so that, again, it, there, the interaction is of mutual benefit, and it's a one of integrity. It's one of integrity. It needs to be mutually beneficial. The interaction needs to advance the, the work of the academy. It needs to advance the position of the community of color um, in ways that are objectively valid 
you know, I think I, I would add to that that um, when you are uh, this student or academic, it's important to listen the very closely um, to the community and and to take uh, the time that that takes. I, 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 I do think that it's important to stress that, you know, for all the community engagement work that is done at Rollins College, the pattern that they all share is that is is a after a certain long period of association that the greatest like impactful projects seem to emerge. So it's not as if um, you conceive of a project in the beginning in the summer, you implement it and during the semester and like everything is said and done. Oh no, that's 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 not, not what happens. Um, and so you're creating a structure if you're a professor for not just simply, you know, the student that is in your class this semester, but maybe a student's gonna be in your class four or five semesters in the future to contribute to essentially the same question, contribute to essentially the same concern. So uh, it's a long-term process, right? And, and, and that's really important to, to recognize. I wanna thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Every Tongue Got to Confess, a podcast exploring communities of color. And don't forget to join us at the Communities Conference, Civic Conversations Concerning 21st Century American Life in Communities of Color, January 26th and 27th, 2017, at Rollins College and in Historic Eatonville. We hope to see you there. Thank you.